Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous, and the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 431 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite, the fantastic community that surrounds it as well. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defia, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this rather spacious bar, we have our apprentice stunt driver, Commander Alec Turner. Good evening. I don't want to be obtuse, but it's acutely equilateral to be here tonight. Oh my god, maths jokes already. Triangles. And for that, I'll have to call in the head of health and safety. I think that, that is emotional abuse, isn't it? Ben Mosswood, otherwise known as Commander Edelweiss. I don't know, it sounds like a HR problem to me. If that's the case, then I'll hand that over to the staff liaison officer, Commander Psychic. Ultimately, if we have any triangle talk today, heads will fucking roll. <laughs> Unlike the triangles. Unlike the triangles, because they have corners, which was what Alec was talking about. That was where the joke was there, Colin. Anyway, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in-game somewhere, Ben, aren't we? So Chris and I are in the G system, or G system, or however the hell you want to pronounce it. Maybe it's My a gear. system. Maybe, I don't know, might be a gear. I don't know. We're thinking about doing some things based on what Tom was talking about on Thursday. So spoilers uh, spoilers for future content. Gotcha, because Guy is the system which I've hung out in for the last month or so, and to I... see it suddenly under Thargoid Alert, I'm a little bit... Oh. Worried? Yes. Yeah, uh, yes, considering that there's only a few chevrons there. So, yeah, if you can get to his game, you can always join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat, or on twitch.tv slash laveradio, or on going to Facebook or going to Twitter. You'll find us there under Lave Radio. Uh, so let's quickly go around the crew and see what they've been up to, and we'll start with uh, Commander Alec Turner. I, I went to uh, we went to um, Wisley on Friday, RHS Wisley. 
who have a fantastic display in their greenhouse. It's called, what's it called? Something like the underwater houseplant takeover or something. But they've turned their whole greenhouse into like, um, it's meant to be sort of underwater. So lots of underwater ambient sounds and lights. And then they've modelled all the plants into fish. And oh, it's really good. <laughs> and in-game, I, um, <laughs> I drove around a planet this week, got a bit bored. And then... Um, as has happened twice now, Rini from the Burr Pit posted some video of a planet. I think it was in the background of their Witch Space News. And I just thought, oh, I have to drive around that. It's um, it's like a, it's a little potato moon, but it's it orbits. Um, its parent body is a is a planet with rings, and it orbits very close to that. And the parent body also has a binary twin. So. From the planet surface that I drove around, you have a you have nearly always two bodies in the sky at any one time. So there's there's either rings in the sky, or there's the parent planet in the sky, or the parent planet's twin is in the sky, or the star. The view is amazing as you drive around it. But what was really interesting is um, when you're driving long distance. Say you say you're crossing a big crater, and you're going up the far side of the crater. From the perspective of being in the SRV. You're sort of still driving level when you're actually driving uphill because of the scale. You sort of forget that you're driving uphill, if you know. And you, you notice it because you, you start to slow down. And what was really interesting circumnavigating this potato planet was moon was um, there were times when I was slowing down and I couldn't figure out what the hell was going wrong at first. But literally, because of the odd shape of the planet, there were times when the entire planet surface is uphill. <laughs> and other times when the entire surface is downhill it's it's, it's... it's uphill both ways <laughs> yeah i need to turn around and go back the other way don't i but um do you know what i mean it's fascinating i, I hadn't occurred to me that little potato moons would work like that but but gravity works such that you can you can feel this sense of traveling uphill when you're going around the uneven shape of it yeah good little journey Oh, um, yeah, well, unfortunately, the last time I went for a long, tried to match you on that one, I ended up feeling very motion sick. Uh, I'm not going to be doing that again. <laughs> not in VR, anyway. Um, moving on, we'll, we'll uh, annoy Commander Psyched. Hi. I, um, what have I been up to this week? Lots and lots of prep for Game Blast. We did, mm. um, we did um, elite stuff. And then I spent all weekend finalising, prepping and doing all nonsense for um, the Dungeons and Dragons Battle Royale that we did on um, Sunday, which was ridiculous and um, incredible. And the amount of natural 20s that were rolled on death saves was obnoxious at best. Um, but it was it was wild and made a completely and completely different game and we raised eight hundred and thirty-five quid um and sixty-nine pence, very important for um for special effect. Um and it was it was a fun time was had by all and I really enjoyed it and I'm knackered now. <laughs> a lot of effort put in there. Well done. Well, it, it 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 deserved it. Special effect. If you don't know who special effect are, um, dear listeners, I know you guys do, but if you don't know who special effect are, they're an amazing, amazing charity that promote accessibility in gaming and give everybody. Um, if anybody reaches out to them who's struggling with their accessibility, um, special effect look for solutions to enable people to game because everybody should be able to have that 
um, release of gaming, especially, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but the world is really shit and it's just wonderful to have that release and they're an amazing, amazing charity. So if you haven't before checked them out, check them out. I love them a lot. Yes, they are a fantastic charity and I think most of the events that we've had, they've always had a representative from special effects turn up and show up some of the actually quite ingenious technology that that, that they've uh, they've shown that they've, they've developed for uh, people to to start playing games so yeah okay that leaves ben i guess i guess um yeah my 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 week was busy with family stuff um i think i guess the most exciting highlight of my weekend or well, my week was going to see ant-man with the kids and I know some folk are panning it, but I I want to go out on a limb and say that I really enjoyed Ant-Man. Um, I understand why some folk are moaning, but I think they're just people who like to moan anyway. Um, I really enjoyed it. My kids really enjoyed it. And then when we got home, my middle son and I both went off and watched every episode of Loki as well, because you kind of have to watch Loki after watching Ant-Man, I feel. I'm sorry to hear, apparently. Especially because they've got the the same villain. Well, what was really funny was, you know, you've got you've got Jonathan Majors, who is he's in Ant Man and Ant Man Quantum Mania, and he's Creed, and of course he's well, he's going to be in the next big Avengers film, and he's Kang, and he's Kang, and he's Kang, and he's Kang, and he's also Kang. Uh, I think he's Kang. So, and he's a brilliant bloody actor in general. So, you know. I've I've been I loved what he did with Loki mm-hmm. and the and what was done what he did in Ant Man I thought was really good as well and I've seen him in Creed and I you know I've enjoyed him in that as well so yeah fair play to the guys having a busy year yeah it it sounds it I mean the new Creed movie's out soon isn't it it's out right right out right now. Oh right! I knew I knew there was one. Of, I was aware of it. I didn't yeah. know whether it was out or or whatever. Um, yeah, just quickly, uh, what I've been up to. I like, I've been defending Guy. Uh I think there should be a, a there should be a player faction called the Knights who like to say Guy. but um, the Knights of Guy. The Knights of Guy. but um, unfortunately, don't seem to be doing very well. Uh, mostly because I haven't been around that much because. Up north in Scotland is doing family stuff, as per usual. Um, so that's that's been my week. Um, yes. So development news. What have the devs been saying this week? Well, we've had quite a lot, really, because we've had um, Frameshift Live number twenty six happened last Thursday, where we had um, Arf and Sally doing some presentations. Um, we got a very nice shout out for for those of you who have already seen uh, from uh, Arf and Sally as well. So that's for the tenth birthday. Did I mention that we were ten? You might have mentioned it once or twice. Uh, once, or twice. once or twice. Once or twice. Uh, yes, and they had uh, Tom Cool on talking about Thargoid War scenarios, which um, I guess we can open that up now. Uh, what Tom was saying was that helpful for people because i know the other podcasts have mentioned it define helpful i guess (laughs) go on i thought it was well i was going to say i i I think it was an interesting insight for 
I, I mean, this is what Luke Screws touched on, but but you know, for those that have, I don't want to say lost sight of things because you know, play the game your own way and all that. But it's it's very easy to play Elite Dangerous, particularly when you've been around a long time, very focused on what it is you know you want. So I want to encounter three medusas and you just you just hit the thing that you again and again and again that you you expect to spawn three medusas and it doesn't and you get annoyed or a mission says go kill five whatevers and you can't find them and you get annoyed and what what i thought what tom was saying was interesting was it kind of it reminded us about the way the game is built sort of from the inside out you know it's meant to be a simulation and there's all these different scenarios and situations that can spawn you know you might you might drop into an instance and scoop something and the scooping of something triggers something to happen or and what frontier are trying to do is you know make it so that all sorts of different courses of action make little things happen so that it feels like a sort of living breathing galaxy and i thought it was it was a nice reminder of that actually yeah, I mean, one of the things that I didn't realise is that, you know, as much as I enjoy dropping in on the scenarios and the alert, especially in the alert systems, um, I didn't realise that if you managed to complete the little bit of gameplay, it actually counted towards the chevrons. Yeah. yeah. I just I just thought that was a, you know, a nice little bit of background stuff. So, you know, I drop in, I do, I, I repair... Let's say a, a distress signal. I I drop in, I repair a couple of ships. Then the Thargoid scouts attack, defend against the Thargoid scouts, and then hey presto, they all jump away. I didn't realise that's a, all of a sudden that's a point in humanity's favour. Yeah, probably not very much, but it's interesting that it does still count. Oh yeah, I know because it makes things a lot more interesting. And one of the other things that I was quite interested about was that yeah, I know people have been getting frustrated about. Um, they're going to the CZs and going, there aren't any Medusas or there aren't any Basilisks here and I've got a mission to kill them. Yeah, it turns out that's not really where you should be looking for them. Yeah, I think there's been a tendency as well for, you know, obviously the, you know, the sort of under attack um, stations and ground ports are so spectacular that, that people tend to just go and hit those, I think, and spend hours <laughs> fighting combats around there and it was just a nice reminder that there's lots of other ways to to encounter them. I thought, mm, yeah. Um, uh, ben, Psychic, um, what did you two think about the uh, Tom's explanations? I can listen to Tom speak for days. I could literally listen to Tom speak for hours about stuff that um about the little reasoning and little nuance nuances and the the kind of stuff that Tom really gets passionate about. He's so passionate just in general, and it's really lovely and heartening to see um devs be super passionate about a game, especially a game as blinking old as um Elite Dangerous is, and see that there are there are still people actively involved in creating um new content for it like these scenarios and the 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 passion behind it and the fact that um the acknowledging of silly things like um a uh uh in a in a cz for example a um npc pilot going oh i can't see anyone because the all of the actions happening along a direction that it can't see or that its sensors can't reach to i just thought that like acknowledging stuff like that was really cool as well big fan big fan of tom i am <laughs> yeah, you got a couple of name checks from him, and sort of. I think you're one of his favourite streamers at the moment. 
So, um, yes, I'm we've one got... of everyone's favourite streamers. <laughs> not Colin, clearly. Oh, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's not problem. No. <laughs> uh, I need uh, validation from everybody. <laughs> uh, ben, did you catch up with this then? Yes, I was watching Tom's thing and I was loving that. Um, so I'm just inviting people to the team and trying to go not too fast. Um, that's the whole reason why I'm doing what we're doing tonight, just flying around the the, the zones, because just listening to Tom talking about the the chat and the stories that go on here, mm-hmm. and I was like, I've been aware of them for years, and I've really kind of ignored them, and especially in the... Yeah, I've, I've ignored them, um, but then Tom just got me thinking about them and thinking, you know what, I want to actually see what stuff's going off. Because, you know, I'm used to them going on and you've just got, like, some random fleet of shit ships saying we're gearing up and then they just, you know, but nothing that seems to come of it. And there are some which are good for collecting materials and things like that. But it just felt like nothing seemed to happen in them. And the way that Tom was describing the the, the one script to rule them all kind of thing just made me like, I want to go and see what's happening here. And I've already seen a scenario where like it comes in and there's a few people there like we've got at the moment. Yeah. And then an AX ship comes in, scoops up the NPCs that the mm. not the escape pods. Yep. Um and like the the NPC the NPC AX pilots are like, yeah, not here. And then just as the NPC came in to collect everybody, some Thargoid scouts come in. Mm-hmm. Um and then we you know we quite handily got rid of the Thargoid scouts and everything was fine. But it's just, it was what Tom was saying. Like just these tiny little blazing your own trail stories. That was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm missing something here. And yeah. I thought I would go and ex- explore that this evening. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I did actually quite like, and I didn't notice it until he pointed it out. And then once you, once it's been pointed out to you, it's blindingly obvious. But in the alert system, the conversations between the pilots are all cocky and all sure of themselves. And then as soon as you, you're into an invasion system, the, the same comments are the confidence is not there they're, they're, they're a lot more we're, we're certainly battle hardened fighters now they're, they're not as, nowhere near as cocky as they were yeah. Yeah. nothing nothing for a while so hope it stays that way mm. um, but then I've got another guy wake me up when the bugs arrive I signed up for some combat yeah so. um, yeah Alec Oh, yeah, there was one thing he mentioned I wanted to ask Psycho about, actually, because I think it came up in her stream. But he mm-hmm. was, there was this whole thing about um, flying around in a, a, like a debris field and there were, you know, skipping, targeting different things and then moving on and targeting different things. And I think Darren or someone was chipped in and chat and said, what was that again? And it turned yeah. out it was an unoccupied escape pod, right? Yeah, it was, um, I... It's- is that new? It's new. An unoccupied escape pod was new with update 14. Was it? But yeah. So, you know, we used to find escape pods probably still do on the ground sometimes, just yeah. a bit randomly. So, we have occupied escape pods. Surely we have unoccupied, don't we? We we didn't have an occupied until before update fourteen. Huh. We were, they were they were damaged or um damaged or, or just occupied. occupied and then unoccupied, which led to the conversation about the Thargoids 
um, using like a a straw and sucking <laughs> yeah. out the inside like a Capri Sun, and that is the <laughs> only reason that I have any recollection of that. It's been a long time since update fourteen. I sp- I suppose it's just because I'm so used to seeing an occupied escape pod. I just assumed, obviously, there would also be unoccupied escape. I think pods. I think that's why Darren met like drew my attention to it as well if memory yeah. serves because i just looked at it and went okay and then moved on so i wonder if um i i i feel like that's why he was like hey 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 check that out check that that's a new thing have a look at that yeah. <laughs> hint hint point points yeah, yeah say no more although what they mean who knows if they mean anything in particular at all or whether they're just in a, whether they're just some more set dressing Maybe mm. well, has anyone tried giving one to a Thargoid? Maybe they'll return people. <laughs> they, they, just, they find the straw and they feed the person back into the straw, and the canister turns this really, really awkward <laughs> shade of red. <laughs> what we need to do is is scoop one, take it down to a planet, eject it, get out, open it with the cutting tool, fill it full of mines, <laughs> seal it back up again, and then drop it in the path of an Orthrus. <laughs> Can you imagine? That is your Odyssey content right there. Actually, that's an interesting thing. Has anybody ever got out of a of a SRV with those escape pods on the ground and tried to interact them with them using the cutter or, or any other tools? Not since Odyssey, actually. No. Interesting. No. <laughs> Say these things in jest, but one of them just might work. Let me start writing writing a list for tomorrow. (laughs) Not tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow is Wednesday. Okay. Uh, Tomorrow is Wednesday, yes. Yes. uh, Mac Winston said that the unoccupied escape pods have been returned from Etienne Dawn. Uh, (laughs) They they were a family of four. They were. Um, yeah, the other thing that was quite interesting, and a lot of people have picked up on this, is that Arf has hinted that we're missing something. There's something that the community as a whole has missed so far. We're always missing things. Mm. Oh, Psychic's gone dot crazy. Go on, Psychic. It's just, I find it, I would find it, mm, I, I reckon somebody has probably not missed something and then disregarded it as unimportant. I think mm. that is that is more of um more of the case. I would find it I would find it very, very strange if Canon haven't done absolutely everything um everything possible to figure out uh, done, like done all of the testing that they need to do. I mean, I feel like I've done a lot of testing. Um, I don't know necessarily that I've done absolutely everything because I got distracted because killing aliens is really fun. What they should have done is made killing aliens less fun so we'd have more chance of looking <laughs> around at stuff. Yeah, and there's there's plenty of yeah, there's plenty of fun to to be had when you look at the amount of aliens that are flying about at the moment. Um, didn't we have a a false hope, Alec, about the Grelics? Yes, it was It was that thing I've mentioned a few times because I, I loved the idea. Um, it's one of the things Psychic tried early on, I believe, was to take a Grelic, mm-hmm. um, which has now got Thargoid sort of <laughs> musk imprinted on it, if you will, um, and, and drop it in the path of an Orthrus and get an Orthrus to scoop it. It just seems like such an, an obvious, cool thing to do. You know, the Orthrus is out there scouting to decide which system they're going to invade next. So feed it false information. I don't know. It just seemed like a cool thing. 
psychic tried it, it didn't work. I think a few other people tried it, it didn't work. And then there's all this hinting about triangles and stuff, which may or may not mean anything. And then, yes, just today in the forum thread, uh, I think it was Roots Rat mm-hmm. post- posted a brief little comment that he'd done it and it worked. And I was like, bloody hell, hang on, that's that's huge news. You know, may- maybe they fixed it. Maybe this is the thing that they've been signaling. Um, but he did then report back later and he said he'd need to double check his stream. But uh, he thought the author has just crashed into it and exploded it. Oh, Oh, that's so, a bit. So, yeah, so probably didn't probably didn't scoop it, but but I think it's it probably is something just to go out and try a few more times. Yeah, I, I think I think my next plan is to take a relic back, to, take a, a a relic, take it to the Thargoids site to turn it into a relic, then try either the beacon, the Guardian beacons, yeah. or some of the yeah, other places to just to see what happens. Probably nothing. Uh, I've been knocking on those those what I think are hangar doors at the around the Guardian ruins for ages, and nothing's happened there either. But uh, yeah, it's. Can you imagine? Um, can you imagine if, like now, after everybody has tried this uh, like many many times, Frontier were like, actually, now it works, <laughs> and not the other times that people have done it. This is what what you've missed is that we forgot to turn the switch to make it work. I'm so sorry. What would you mind terribly going and doing that again? I wouldn't. No, hang on. I can't. I can't risk that because that genuinely could be the case. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, there was the occasion that a certain Stephen Usher suggested live on our stream that we put <laughs> we put a Guardian artifact into the Thargoid machine, and we thought, oh, that nothing will happen there. And then, basically, it was um, <laughs> called Brown. <laughs> for about a minute and a half yeah <laughs> that's still on record um yeah so yeah i've got a list of things to look up i think i'll, I'll do a little bit of science after when i get a chance to um so frame shift live um and i thought it was an excellent stream um always good to um to have uh, tom on telling us exactly <laughs> where we're going wrong um, now that also comes along with the discovery scanner, which came along this Monday. Uh, a few things to to note from there was that um, apparently update fifteen, um, it's they're working through our feedback of the Thargoid War, uh, and they've also got their sights still set at the end of April for the release of update fifteen. Um, ben, I just want to check something here, actually. I was looking and was producer Adam on the stream? Well, I no. Didn't, no, he wasn't. I didn't see I him didn't. macro in the background and I didn't see any mentions this week. No, there was, he was no definitely way there. He he you saw him. He was there. Oh Just, no, I mean he was like as in he was in the room with them because we okay. heard him laugh a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. But there yeah. was no he wasn't hiding behind them or anything like that. I do know that they had to move the community carrier. Because some people had discovered the community carrier's location and were planning on photo bombing. <laughs> were they inviting people to basically come and join them later on? I think they're going to do that in the future. Yeah. Can I chip in on that? Because I, I saw that. Uh, sure, surely, if you find the community carrier, all you've got to do is transfer a ship to it and you've got it permanently bookmarked. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's got a shipyard. I'd be incredibly surprised if it was uh, if it had anything other than just the bare minimum. Yes, of course that would do it, wouldn't it? Yeah, okay. That would make sense, but I wouldn't be surprised yes. if it's one that they use for everything anyway. 
All of a sudden, I got a sneaking suspicion. Arse there, going, "Oh God, quick, drop the shipyard, drop the shipyard." <laughs> just Can we edit this out before he hears it? <laughs> it's live, mate. Yeah. Oops. Oh well. Um, yeah, the next thing that they were, were talking about was the console copy portal. Now, as you were aware, when update 14 happened, they stopped the console uh, transfer process. Um, the very efficient and successful console transfer process, but people have been asking about it, and um, they've, they've put out a note of reassurance that um, they are going to be bringing it back. They can't give an exact date just yet because update 15 is the priority, uh, but um, they haven't forgot forgotten the console commanders would like to move over. Um, it, the option will be coming back. They've, they've got to do a little bit more um, analysis, actually, because, um, because of the changes that have been made with update 14. Um, yeah, it's not as easy to transfer things over as it was. So, <laughs> uh, I think it must be easier to move things between legacy servers rather than between legacy and live. So that's that's what I take from that. Um, right, and finally, the unstuck option has been brought to their attention that there's some confusion over the unstuck main menu option, which is present for Elite Dangerous Live 4.0 commanders. So that means you don't have Odyssey, but you do have. Um, uh, horizons and you're using but you're using the odyssey engine right prior to the separate release of elite dangerous live 4.0 and elite dangerous legacy modes commanders who may have found themselves in tricky situations for like being stuck in terrain and unable to move um you could re-log into legacy modes in, in order to reset their position in odyssey as a way to bypass those problems however um you can't do that anymore, and the unstuck option on the main menu provides essentially a more elegant way to achieve the exact same effect, but with without causing you grief. Otherwise, you are going to get stuck there. I mean, I have had, I've had to. I think I think it's the case. You use the unstuck option um, if you are stuck with the SLV. So, because before, what you'd be able to do is you'd be able to flip up into the old elite, the original elite mode, and all of a sudden you'd be in orbit. However, that's not possible now because those two modes just work with legacy. So, yeah, that's why the unstuck option is in there. So, um, Discovery Scanner. Anybody got any comment on that one? There was a mention for Lave oh. Radio's birthday in it, wasn't there? Was there? I think there was. Oh, good. Nice to get a birthday card. Happy birthday, <laughs> Lave Radio. In bold letters down the bottom. There we go. Knew it was there somewhere. Uh, right. Well, the in-game events and the news. Uh, on Thursday, the 23rd of February, the Thargoid War update happened. Uh, now, this was basically a summary from the from Vox Galactica and uh, other news outlets about how the Thargoid War is going. It's not going well. I think is the best way to put it. Also on Thursday the 23rd, um, Aegis, or Aegis, <laughs> launches Caustic Sync Launcher Initiative. Now, for those of you who have been following this story, is that, um, yeah, we hopefully at the end of this, we'll be able to get these limpets, which will allow us to penetrate deeper into the maelstroms. Uh, 
fingers crossed that we'll be able to do it. That um, wasn't what the thing's for. Oh, wasn't it's it? Not, it's not for limpets that will allow us to probe deeper. It's for Go caustic on. sinks. So caustic sinks that work in a similar way to heat sinks is my understanding of it. It's nothing to do with um, limpets. creating yeah. limpets. It's, it's not limpets. Right. Okay. Yeah. But talking about limpets, that raises a question I was going to ask, actually. Oh, go on. I, th- I thought that we could fire a decontamination limpet into nothing and it would then try and attach onto you. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, well, that, that's what try- happens. What I point into space, point uh, space and just target okay, ahead. Okay. You've got to actually target nothing, not something that's invalid. Well, if you well, target something that's invalid, it'll, it'll aim to hit. Hit no, that something, was, but it won't. It won't trying... release anything if it can't do it. But yeah, because you're not hogging anything, it'll it will right. self. I've sent decal limpets after after Thargoid scouts. It goes chasing. <laughs> after, it goes chasing after the Thargoid scouts, catches up with them, and goes, "Oh, you're incompatible." And then self Decontamination limpet failed. <laughs> I like okay, the idea so... that it would perceive the scout as being all contamination and get rid of it entirely. <laughs> 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 that be fire decontamination limpets at scouts. That's all you need. <laughs> Actually, just just let me say this, right? How come the guidance on a on a limpet is so much better than a missile? Oh, it's not really. It's really not. <laughs> oh no, it, it it was able to it was able to follow that blasted scout around. The missiles that I had just sort of gave up after yeah. after a second. <laughs> anyway, right. Yeah. So it is a, a, a variation on the um, the heat sink, but it does works in the same manner as the heat sink. Only we use these a heat um, sink, but it gets rid of caustic. Caustic. Just Let's, yeah. We'll find out on. Um, we'll find out when it when it drops. Yeah. If if that's what it is, I guess psychic thing is you're you're the most ax person here. I think. Uh, that's yes. problematic. <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, I, 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 I don't want to say anything about Colin's skill level, but I think you, you might be... Yeah, yeah no, I, I hear you, I hear you, I hear I, you. I, I, yeah, I'm going to shut up now. Uh, right. Poor Colin does nasty things to me. Um, it's, but, it's just a this, typical, just put yeah. down the host here today, is it? I mean, jeez. <laughs> um, okay, well, both of you then, because I don't know, is there an actual benefit then of this being a heat sink, but for caustic damage? Yes. Versus a yes. having a decon limited. Yes, okay. absolutely. What is it? Hundred percent. What is um, the benefit? They have their own ammo, mate. So you're not carrying around a whole extra internal full of decontamination limpets. Yeah, but and I then can having to have an... generate them myself. So that's what you can make. You can cool. make. You can make limpets which cost ten. Ten iron a time. I'm not. Mm. I'm not. I'm not doing that. That's painting painting the ass. If I can get. Um, caustic sinks um and i can whack a caustic sink on at the same time as a heat sink because the only reason really that uh, currently that i am using heat sinks is because i am burning my ship to get rid of the caustic and then i have to heat sink it down if i can replace that with decent caustic sinks who do the job better than frying all of my internals on my ship as well that's going to be cracker lacking for me i am all over that yeah um, I mean, I'm I'm opposite. I I always carry decom limpets with me so that I can not only decom myself, but I can also decom other people. But yeah, other people <laughs> deserve to die if they've not done it right. 
Uh, there we go. Psych it. Once again, it's all about psych it. No, like if you're gonna come, if you're gonna go and fight, no way you can repair, no way you can heal you, heal yourself. Take the onus on yourself. If you're not gonna um, take that onus, it's your own fault. If you're seeing the rebuy screen, hundred <laughs> percent. Hmm. We ever heard that philosophy before? Oh yeah, it was the you had fly tie fighters for the empire. That's where I've heard that before. I mean, Darth Vader had a very good point. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Star Wars at all to be able to make those kind of references. My apologies. I'm just you know. I'm. I'm. I'm it's something I actually. Oh, this is getting bored. Well, not boring. This is getting something now. It's one of the things I was really looking forward to actually with the advent of healing lasers and decon and things like that was some form of the triumvirate of tank, DPS, and healer for mm-hmm. spaceship combat. Yeah. Where would there be a benefit if you could somehow... Look at me, I'm, I'm a big aggro ship, and I go and get the Thargoid's aggro and keep it on me. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, say you've got your, your guy in your... Um, uh, let's say a Corvette to keep Psy happy. You got yeah. a guy in a, in a Corvette flying around saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm. Look at me, look at me," and things like that. Then you got a couple of guys in call it chieftains to keep half happy, and they're doing the DPS. And then you got somebody in a ladder or something flying around healing people. Counterpoint: That poor sod in the cutter. If he's not getting any any shots on the Thargoid, he ain't reaping the money. So where's the where's the benefit to him doing that? Well, he is going to because you're all in the. If you're all in the same wing, you'd be sharing the money anyway. As long as he's actually you, not, not not the money for the kill. Yeah, but you, you'd still be shooting it. I mean, you've got what guns on your ship? So you're still shooting it, but you're you're sacrificing you, you're, firepower no, you're, to heal people who haven't come fully prepared. No, that would be the healing person who'd be doing that. That's what I mean. So the healing person ain't getting the money from the kills. Oh, they can still shoot it once with a gun. It's it's to do with the proportion of how much damage you do because I know people who have shot um shot um thargoids once with the gun right towards the end of it um within those ten seconds and not reach yeah. any of the any of the money. Okay, so all in that case, then they should get credited for healing their team up or something. They get a warm glow of a job well done. It's not all about okay. The money. <laughs> it ain't, it, that ain't gonna pay for the rebuys they get because they're flat there in the back like Billy no, no if, mates if... and everyone else is going back to the base to get repaired. <laughs> If this were a thing, then obviously they would deserve some kind of recompense for actually yeah. sitting there healing the guys who are doing the tanking and the DPSing. Yeah, because it's the tanking and the DPSing that are supposed to keep the thargoid away from the healer. That's that's how it worked in the yeah. old in all the other yeah, so MMOs. The healer's going to be should be super squishy, running around in nada, but they can heal the tank and things like that or something. I don't. Yeah, that, that's it was just something basically. I was quite looking forward to, but it's never really come to that. Because no, it's yeah. not come to that because basically, um, the first that I know that the first lot of people that tried that, uh, they went, <laughs> they went straight for the healer. Yeah. <laughs> also, there is, there is I... a problem that if that healer is try is trying to get a couple of shots in on the Thargoid, Thargoid, and they accidentally do the most damage in a, in a certain period, and that Thargoid then goes, oh, actually, I'm going to go and attack you now because you've done the most damage to me, that is when they are fucked. Oh, and I... then they're also seeing the rebuy screen, and then they're dead when everybody else comes back and kills the Thargoid, and they don't get the money for it. Well, you see, that's the thing about when you have that kind of organization of tank, DPS and healer, is that you've got to start to learn to work as a team. And that's 
the problem with with some people is that they're not they're just wanting to go in there willy nilly. They all shout Leroy Jenkins and go but straight fight, in. But these people are like people with um, my my experience of anti-thyroid combat, and I've done a lot of this is fighting in big groups of people, so it's more than one wing. So everyone is trying to get there. I was going to say everyone is trying to get their end away, but that is not the sentence that, that, <laughs> nope. that is not the sentence that started coming out of my no. mouth. Um, but everyone is trying to get their their part of the band and those kind of things and their and their um, and their rewards. Um, if there is if the, if it's just one group of people or one wing, hundred percent, absolutely yes, great. That's wonderful. That sounds like a really really good idea. If you've got like four people and one person is sat doing this. Um, this Healy Healy decom role, and then everyone else is doing the other other um, the other stuff. There's one big big heavy hitter, and then a couple of other nippy ones that come in and take shots. That's a great dynamic and um, and wonderful. But um, in my experience of a lot of a lot of people fighting in one spot, it's detrimental to other players. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're making the assumption that it's one wing versus the Thargoids, not the multiple multi-gib approach that the anti-Xeno initiative used to do. <laughs> Look, it's fun. It's really fun and it looks pretty. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not debating that because we've done it ourselves. Um, but, yeah. Um, incidentally, uh, on Monday the 27th, Rackham has now revealed that in the upcoming federal election he's going to st- he's going to uh, stand for president up against president Hudson and um miss winters so that's that's going to be interesting i think we all forgot about the fact that the federation is technically a democracy so that means that the election is due at some point alec do you want to go back to the uh <laughs> the conversation we we're just having well, jokes ruined now, but I was going to say, are we talking about some kind of triangle of combat here? Fuck me. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. I would give you points for that. I'd give you all points. You, you all have points on um, on a score system. I just want to let you all know that you will get an evaluation at the end of the session. <laughs> it's like, whose line is it anyway? The points don't matter. <laughs> they matter to me, and that's the most important thing. <laughs> Oh, again, oh, back to... Points win prizes. Uh, <laughs> that's what you were thinking when they, they took away your driving licence. Um, <laughs> that explains why I haven't got one. <laughs> Go on then, Psyche. What would you like to discuss about Mr. Rackham? Well, that wasn't what he's. That wasn't what um, the Gownet article was about. He wasn't announcing that he was running. He was just revealing his manifesto. He announced that he was running like back in April last year. So it was no surprise that this came out. Um, but it's a um it's just him talking about his um outlining his policies and stuff and making a stand for like all of the all of the all of the stuff. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm, so, I'm sort of getting musk vibes from him. It's it's it, it's rich bloke. Rich bloke wants power. We've never seen that happen before. No, no, never before. Well, your friend, the Lich King, Paul Crowther, has done his own unique view on the week's happenings, and you can find this that over in on the forums. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, on the subject of the war, 
Um, let's have a quick look at the latest statistics as taken from Anara and from the DCOH website. Um, there are now 865 systems under Thargoid control. That's up <laughs> steady, Ben. 69 from last week. Uh, 77 systems, including Guy, are in alert. Uh, 59 systems are being invaded, even as we speak. 25 systems are in recovery. There are still 8 Maelstroms. And, and get this, we are killing Thargoids at a rate of 54 Thargoids for every commander ship loss. That's not that good, really, is it? Does that include <laughs> scouts? That does include scouts. <laughs> yeah, that's not that good, then. I don't kill that many scouts. Ooh, get her. No, no, because they die so quickly. <laughs> and I'm normally on my break when people are killing the scouts. Because <laughs> they don't pay as much. I'm, I'm going through scouts like hot knife through butter at the moment. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Thargoids are still on course to wipe out humanity in less than four years. Actually, it was four years last week. It's now less than four years this week. So they're beginning to, to kill us quicker. It'll be fine. Um... <laughs> It'll be re- There'll be a slider that'll get moved and it'll be lovely. It'll be all fine and dandy again. Come on, dangerous will be dead, in, dead by 2030 then. Dead game, mate. It's a dead game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, we've lost. Talking about dead, we've just lost Miggles. What two? I don't know. He just vanished. Oh. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's that time of the week again. Score alert! In the bi weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. In the bi weekly And welcome back. Well, uh, we'll, we'll start off with um, some prizes have been uh, given to people. Uh, our uh, wonderful Blizzard paint jobs, which uh, we were giving away last week, and we've got Alex Spot the Difference competition. Um, Commander Bozzle Krem, Commander Glass Darkly, um, mm, Commander W. Uh, yes, we we don't know what his name. Or hope to pronounce we, 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 we bosses his, his details, but all he wrote was W, and I'm not going to out the guy. I know who you are, and that's all that matters, I guess. And Commander Mephisto have all won one of these shipskins. Um, do we have any left? Or have we, we, do have a, we do have a couple left, if anyone can think of anything to do for anything, or you know, for that matter, if you need... Well, as far as I'm concerned at the moment, if you need one, jump up and down in the stream or something. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, However, <laughs> I don't know how all... they're going to jump up and down on the stream, but yes, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a, an emote for it somehow. Um, Psychit, yeah, what up? Are you happy about these these new paint jobs? I consider it 
like my service to the community <laughs> that I mentioned <laughs> that I would like a Corvette skin. And then literally the same week, we got a new absolutely flipping beautiful Corvette skin. Holy nuts. This is lush. I haven't been in game to pick it up since I saw it, but it's bloody beautiful. Yeah. Um, the Osiris paint jobs are one of my favorites. In fact, this is probably one of the kind of paint jobs I first put on my Asp Explorer. Uh, so that they always go down very, very well. I, I love the gold and the black ones. Not sure about the reds and the other colors, but the gold and the black are my favorite in this one. It's just a pity I don't have a... Uh, a Corvette to actually get one because I'm I'm not that popular with the Federation. No, Federation can go F themselves. I'm still bitter. Still they they do work there's a really pretty ship. It's real pretty. No, it's just like, another hang on, hang on, hang on. A Corvette, a, a pretty ship. It's so beautiful. I'm, I'm, oh the, sorry, the I got to disagree. Is, there. is beautiful. The Corvette is just overcompensating for something. Oh no, it's beautiful. It's like the the Anaconda is overcompensating for something. The Anaconda is a shit heap in comparison to that beautiful, slimline, gorgeous lady with the beautiful black and gold. Pa- oh my God, it's delicious! <laughs> We've got a friend coming who's just shown up. Are the blue bits in the gold one heat yeah. vents? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's. It's very, it's very good looking. They've done a very, very good job of it. I really like the, um, the like the tealy coloured one and all the different colours of blue on it. I think that's lovely. But so the gold like, one's gorgeous as well. So, are you getting them all? Or are you, are uh, you just... well, I'm. I've got. A, I'm building a Corvette. I'm building. <laughs> I'm building a um, a uh, an Antizena Corvette once I've got all of the materials for it. And I think it might be that black and gold. That black, oh, black and gold, gold is speaking one, yes. to me. Yeah, I, I I completely get what you mean about the black and gold one. It does look quite nice, um, even though it's on a Corvette. I don't think they did. They've not done the Osiris ones for um, any of the others. Um, any of the other the big the big three or four if you count the Type Ten, have they? No, I don't think they have. I mean, although to tell you the truth, I think that skin would be wasted on Type Ten. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know that it would suit the curves of the cutter at all. No, I don't think it's got to be angular. Yeah, it really has to. I mean, it, that's why it works with the. Uh, I mean, it works with any of the Lacons, I think. But um, well, with the exception of the T seven, <laughs> that that would look like a flying sarcophagus. That would. <laughs> Here you go, your own flying Egyptian coffin. <laughs> anyway, we shall take a break and come back in a moment. Dreams. Humanity's dreams. The hope to live among stars. From early times, we've gazed up to the heavens and wondered if one day we could travel there. Maybe even live there. The Brewer Corporation has made this dream a reality. Constructing intricate cathedrals of metal circling numerous planets across thousands of systems now human bubble why stay rooted in a gravity well when you can be free in orbit free to dream free to live and one day to become the commander 
and be free to blaze your own trail. Brewer Corporation, the first step into the unknown. Come join us. Be free. From the creators of luggage limpets and passenger lounge suitcase shuttles comes the latest revolution in passenger transportation, the passenger cannon. For centuries, circus performers have perfected the technique of being fired from a cannon. Paired with our new memory gel passenger pod impact absorption technology, you too can speed up disembarkation times from your liner by up to 250%. No longer be limited by pad sizes and excessive docking fees with the Passenger Cannon. But how does it all work? First, all passengers will be issued with a passenger pod inflation suit during transit. On approach to your passenger's destination, simply fill the inflation suit with our patented impact-absorbing memory gel. Then, once in a stable position in proximity to the destination, effortlessly slide them into the disembarkation chamber ready for launch. The Passenger Cannon is now available in both gimbaled and turreted varieties to make aiming elementary. Make your liner one of the top 1% in the galaxy. Buy a Passenger Cannon today. Warning, Passenger Cannon must not be operated on high-gravity planets or near geezers. Space is vast, and pirates have needs just like anyone else. Introducing the Lonely Pirate Handbook, the ultimate resource for lonely pirates. Our guide covers the hot spots and not spots of interstellar space, from smugglers' dens to space station taverns, with helpful chapters such as how to be presentable in polite society, how to get rid of that nefarious rank, and my favorite, occasionally shower. Are your early advances often mistaken for attempts to rob or plunder? Oh, I've come a long way for what's in your hold. Prepare to be boarded. Frameship charge detected. Oh. Buy today and receive the Lonely Pirates chat-up guide for free. I've got a very large hard point. Would you like to see my very large hard point? You're so hot. You're making my temperature critical. Lower your shields. I want to inspect the goods. Come back to my place. I might let you touch my e-rated anaconda. Are you smuggling illegal goods? Because you've got fine written all over you. The Lonely Pirate's Handbook. Now available in all Anarchy bookstores. We'll teach you to loot anyone's heart. There's bargains, bargains, bargains at Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium haven't just been slicing carcasses, but also slicing their prices. All unspecified meat sausages, now two for the price of one. A pack of assorted meat steaks, now with 50% more meat at half the price. How about chops? A surprising meat chops, now also 50% off. And introducing our massive meat hamper, it's a family of four. No. No, no, that should say feeds a family of four, right? Stick to the script, Claire. It says it's a family of four. Okay, I'll stick to the script. Yeah, you do that. It's a family of four. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Find us in the Lave Business Directory or visit us next to the station mortuary. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. You'll wonder how our prices are so low. And welcome back. Um, yeah, uh, Psychic, the uh, the meat 
advert seems to be going quite me well. Me advert came out. Me that me advert dropped yesterday. Um, I've still got two in the bag, baby. Um, and um, yeah, they'll they'll keep. Well, while we're still making them, I'll keep churning out those videos because uh, they're well, a you, fun. Creative you've outlet. made Winter Mute GB feel hungry and uh, Soccer Forty Two. Family of four. Uh, he's getting the meat sweats just thinking about Good. it right now. Good. So. How about chops? I know that advert back to front. <laughs> it's very bad. I hear it so often. I hear it in my sleep. Uh, it, it's so worrying to hear you be so enthusiastic about meat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if the shoe fits, Colin, if the shoe fits. So let's move on to our main discussion, which... <laughs> Should we I'll move on to... the meat of the show? Uh, you know what? I was trying to avoid that pun. I was really trying to avoid that. Lean into it, Colin. Make it happen. Just let it happen. And I thought, no, that would that would be too cheap and too too obvious. And then Ben just, just no, no. That's the other show. Uh, the other ch- the show does cheese. <laughs> yeah, the other show does cheese. We do meat. <laughs> oh dear! How did uh, how did I end up doing this? Right. Um, now, obviously, with these new uh, caustic, well, I almost said caustic limpets then, but no, caustic sinks or whatever they turn out to be, uh, we are going to be exploring Long deeper. Bathroom sink. We're going to be exploring deeper into the maelstrom than ever before. Now, let's go for some rampant speculation. What? do you expect to find and what do you hope to find let's start with alec because i'm going to come to psych at last because she's got so much to talk about i i have one sort of problem with these these caustic sinks so currently we can explore the maelstrom a bit and we take quite a lot of caustic damage so we you know unless you've got a super tanky ship you sort of generally have to bail out a little bit Mm -hmm. but if you have a super tanky ship you can push on and We've already seen numerous videos that at the heart of the maelstrom is a big pulse that pushes us backwards at great speed, and it seems pretty much impassable. So my only issue with caustic sinks, and because we had a little unfortunate sneak peek way back when, we sort of know that the synthesis recipe for them involves using the things that are floating around inside the maelstrom, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So it strikes me that all the caustic sinks are going to let us do is get more materials to synthesize more caustic sinks. Discuss. Well, um, well, first of all, Psykit, you managed to get quite deep into the maelstrom just using a dolphin. Yeah, I managed to get like right in there um, with my with my dolphin. Um, it took it's it took a lot of damage by the time the um, the pulse went off. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we got to where where we would call it almost almost full penetration, but not entirely um, full penetration at that point. Um, but we also, I wasn't experiencing a huge amount of caustic damage, but I also have didn't really hang around very much. I mostly just, if you've ever played the Outer Wilds, it felt very very much like going into the bramble um, the bramble thingy. It was very reminiscent of going into the Bramble planet of the Outer Wilds, and it just sort of like um, just sort of felt like coasting in, and then the middle section went Bleh, and then spat you out, and um, that was pretty much the climax after the penetration. 
Sorry, I, I had to finish that. My apologies. So basically, you had to finish, you had to finish it, off. it off yourself, did you? Uh, right, yeah. Okay. Otherwise, otherwise, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been fully satisfactory. It just you need to come to some kind of nice resolution. But um, yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of with Alex. Uh, um, Alec, would, would, and... would somebody please throw a, a bucket of water over Ben, please? Thank you. <laughs> um, I I feel like we um. It's this missing the pot, missing a part of the puzzle, isn't it? So we get these caustic things, um, these caustic sinks, and we can um, we can last for longer because um, it's it, we've got this protection that we need to be able to to get um, to get a bit further, and it's it's going to be great. But if we still get towards the centre and that EMP um, triggers and sends us out, um, and we we still get. We still get like I was going to say we still get buggered that way, but I don't think that that's a the great um, analogy either. But we were still we're still having that sort of situation. I have seen a YouTube video, and I've seen a couple of people have have mentioned this that we've had other um, pe- people who've used multiple um, oh what are they called the 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 shutdown field neutralizer shutdown field neutralizer oh, yeah, yeah the, the field. people people have used multiple of those and sort of like had them. Um, had them on triggers and been able to trigger them um, one after the other. Um, let, let's say when the center thing goes goes off, they've been able to last a lot longer within um, within that EMP, and it hasn't shut them down or reduced some of the capabilities of their ship quite as badly as it would have done with two. So my my question is. The caustic sinks are going to be. Are, are they one part, one point of the puzzle? Or are they one section of the puzzle? And then the next part is going to be like the advanced um, shutdown field neutralizer, yeah. which gives more of a more of a null, nullifying effect to the shutdown. Yeah, that's that's where I, I'm just reading our our chat at the moment. I'm just I'm going to have to just ignore it right now. Just to... uh-huh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it's a case of we're going to have to. Um, how do you actually describe this without sounding like it's a difficult? Because tool. we've been because it's because it started dirty, and that's entirely on me. And I appreciate that it started dirty, and we we're just going to have to continue and follow through. I think. Oh, all oh, oh, right. Okay. Okay. Well, go for the happy ending, eh? This is just so bad. Um, well. As we sink deeper into the cloud, yeah, of, nice, of, nice. Keep going. Yes, as, as we we slide our way through, <laughs> we will have to. I think this is just the first stage of, of the puzzle. We will find something, something in the cloud that will give us a hint as to how to get past the next barrier. And yeah, of course, yeah, that, that's that, the interesting point. I think mm-hmm. is is we know we can't get past the barrier, but do we think? That there are things in the cloud that we haven't found because we just haven't had enough time in there to explore it. Maybe. Maybe. I think there is. And that is a very probable um, answer to the the question or like the scenario that um, Arthur posited saying that we've not discovered everything yet. because if we haven't found everything, there has to be an in-game reason for us not to have been able to find it. Yeah, but that's the thing. The, the way that Arthur actually said that, I was under the impression that we've we'd missed something 
that's already in the game at the moment. Well, it could very to... well be in the game at the moment. It's just we've not spent enough time. We've not been able to last long enough to be able to to find it. No, what I meant was, um, say, it, they, were, they were dropping a lot of hints about the alert mm-hmm. systems and things like that. And I do know that, that I've been in alert scenarios and they're thinking, that didn't make much sense. But then, of course, Tom comes on and sort of says, ah, but it's waiting on certain conditions to happen. And I'm just wondering whether or not we're waiting on one interesting little thing to happen that will that will have a knock-on effect. Um Oh, quickly, oh, go to Ben and then Alec. Yeah, I'm just thinking that these he, uh, these caustic sinks are going to basically allow make make the maelstroms easier for everybody to explore. Um, and yeah, I think Psychic's right that there might be stuff in the maelstrom that we've we've just not been able to see yet because we've it's been while we're in there we're too busy trying to get out. Basically, I mean, what happens if you start? knocking out the caustic generators you get materials yeah i know but after you take out a certain amount of caustic generators what happens to the caustic cloud surely you take out a lot of those then hey presto um surely the caustic cloud gets weaker that sounds an awful lot like a group a big group science experiment Hmm. interesting did i just have an original idea no we've been doing that for weeks Oh, right. Things to be here. Ah, right. Okay. Congratulations, Colin. Oh, that was me thinking that. Was, come up with something no, original. don't get me wrong. People, people can have like original ideas that are separate from people, but um, there's been there's been a lot of chat about that for for weeks, just waiting for those caustic things to be there, and also making sure that we pick a day when the instant thing isn't going to shit the bed, um, which is which is always always a good old roll of the dice. Right, Alec. Yeah, I let's um, see how you do with this one. Then go on. Okay, well, what I was—I was thinking, like, if the, if there was a thing in the in the caustic cloud that that we haven't found, it, it seems it seems unlikely that it's just there and nobody happens to have stumbled across it because the number, you know, everyone descended on those clouds. So I don't think it's a thing that's just there and we haven't noticed it. But maybe it's a thing that needs time. So so two two thoughts occurred to me. One was Tom talking about those scenarios and some of them do require time. You wait and then a transport shows up and then something happens, you know, and that's the way it plays out. So so time could be a factor that spending more time in the cloud could trigger a scenario we haven't seen yet. And then the other thought I had, which is prompted by um something uh, people have been in chat, which is, which I hadn't realised that there's loads of well, a lot of authorus pottering around inside the maelstroms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe having these heat sinks will give us time to try experiments with those, like feeding them grelics. Maybe we're meant to feed them grelics inside the maelstrom rather than just you know in a threat force signal in a alert system. Who knows? But 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 maybe that's the thing. Maybe time will buy us the option to try more things i'm looking forward to and that's probably i think that's the benefit of it isn't it yeah i mean yeah i mean this is this is effectively phase one of the uh of the investigation into the maelstroms i reckon there's probably another maybe two or three phases um first of all get past the caustic cloud second of all get past um get past the pulse then third thing we've probably find out what's at the center of the uh the maelstrom and then we've got to work out how to get in it 
And I have a sneaking suspicion that the only way to get rid of it is by doing something on foot inside it in order to get oh, I out. I hope so. I'd like, it. I'd like that to I'd be the like case that. very much. Do you yeah. think they'll do that? Do you think they would make Heart yes. of the Maelstrom be Odyssey only? 100%, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think, I, I think that it's, it's, it's like we've been uh, talking about the uh, it, it, it's odd that they haven't really put any new Odyssey content in so far connected with this. I think that it would be a fantastic way to encourage people to to bite the bullet and join us in Odyssey if they can do this. They yeah. they do. I mean, um, don't get me wrong. The the Thongo has been fantastic, uh, but it's been fantastic that everybody can join in. It, it just feels like they now need right. Okay, everybody's come back to to at least four point zero because you know this is um this has actually got a lot of players over from legacy and playing in 4.0 of the thargoid war now if we can only entice those people who have got still got doubts about odyssey over into into the odyssey side if you like that would be a a good uh <laughs> yes go on then psychic on that, oh no, yeah, you're, you're you're completely right. I think that um, I think that it is um, thus far uh, criminal that they haven't done um new on foot stuff, and I'm hoping that in at the end of April we're going to see a butt ton of um on foot stuff to do with Thargoids. Um, there is no Thargoids are winning at the moment. Very oh, much so. Thargoids, yeah, exactly. Thargoids are winning at the moment. Where is the incentive for them to get out of their ships? out in space there isn't any so the only way that we would be able to get to them out of their ships mm-hmm. is in a place where they at the moment feel as comfortable as those pilots in the alert systems who are like yeah throw a thargoid at me i will destroy it i just want to kill things that 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 um arbitrary confidence and that kind of um that kind of um thing um we if we're going to see an actual thargoid we're going to see a thargoid in its natural habitat and we're going to have to go to go there and disembark and go around on foot to to kill them there's no to me that makes that like it's independence daying the sargoids basically <laughs> oh we're going up there with a a, a machinavirus wonderful well on on the independence day thing because i was just thinking that so you know how convenient that the uh, alien ship in Independence Day has got a USB slot, but um, <laughs> that's probably equivalent thereof. But it, it did occur to me if we're going to be getting out on foot, oh, we're really into speculation town here, but suppose there's a Thargoid mothership and we're going to get out on foot to do something, we're kind of going to have to dock with the Thargoid mothership, which is a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, why would it have landing pads? Why would it have gravity? Why can't we just land on it? Why, why would it? Why would it not be just like a big ball that something could land on the outside of, and then it would still sort of need gravity? Do you know what I mean? You kind of need that. And, whole and thing remember, of... we oh, might we might be able to uh, yeah, modify yeah. our suits. So you know, using the engineers to that cutter that the engineer suit you uses can, EVA, can be used. Can also, what has Sir Janae been up to in all of this time? She buggered off a little while ago. Is she going to come back and be like? I know how to get into the motherships. You need one of these vessels, and then you can pile your mates on with this vessel, and we'll ship to the, um, to the center um, while everyone else is fighting around. Um, no one's going to be shipping thargoids, thank you very much. No, but we'll sh- um, let's ship. Um, 
let's ship some um, uh, Odyssey commanders over to the um, independent, full independent state <laughs> style and let them dock that way. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I mean, for all we know, D2 will have worked out the specific signal to open the docking bay doors, Hal. Well, she, she knew how to... The, the ships are... The ships are uh, 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 there's a lot of organic nature to the ships, and she had to be, like, physically plugged in, didn't she? According yeah. to those logs. There was, like... They had to do invasive stuff to her, which is why she's so traumatised. It wouldn't surprise me if she comes back... And she's been like, yeah, I just nabbed one of these scouts, lads. It's all good. Do you want to hop on and we'll go in? <laughs> yeah, but she's the only one that could do that. So uh, is everybody just going to be hanging well, around? Maybe we just her? ride her she into the Thargoid. Are we riding oh. her into the Thargoid? Are we, are we doing really, that right now? Just, um, really, yeah. We might not I, have I, any choice in the matter. Why would we, why, here's an, an alternative to that beautiful solution is um, a volunteer programme an NPC volunteer program wherein something new for Aegis to work on, um, see a CG in the not too distant future where that um that sort of shit happens. And <laughs> with people are people are volunteering to be enter the matrix um into Darkway ships, I don't know, or Avatar, I think is probably the closest. Okay, we're gonna we, probably closer, yeah. Alec, Alec <laughs> is bursting bursting to the <laughs> dock here. <laughs> You know how the um, Thargoids uh, suck up escape pods? Mm -hmm. Suppose we have to get into an unoccupied escape pod (laughs) and then we get sucked into the Thargoid mothership. So they suck us off, right? That's the one. Perfect. Good stuff. (laughs) I I don't suppose you've seen War of the Worlds with uh, the Tom Cruise version? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 there might be a small, uh, one small problem with your, or a couple of small problems with your plan. You know, you might get killed. I see what or you, you or you might that, get killed. You know, I know it's on the size of the straw. I know it's only one thing, but I thought it's that important. I should say it twice. So, <laughs> um, yeah. It depends if we're talking Capri Sun or bubble tea. This is the this is the most important question. <laughs> I wonder if imperial people taste different to Thargoids than federal people. When you think about it, I mean, they feed themselves different things, so they probably have a different flavour. Everything tastes like pork. Imperials are going to be like the waggy steak of humans, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, if you think about it, they might start going after the the imperials because they taste better. Yeah. Uh, Anyway... (laughs) <laughs> we're back to we're back to meat emporiums. So the one thing I do have to ask is if in the deep far distant future, if we manage to actually take down a maelstrom, what do you think's gonna happen? Will all the systems around there is like kick it, taking a king off the board. That's it, they've they've lost that game, all those game pieces go. Or do you think that we've you know, you take out the maelstrom, you've still got the rest of those systems to get rid of or clear? question i would imagine it that the attacks would stop but the systems would remain you know would, would need repair and recovery. yeah yeah like a rebuild of the of the systems for sure but i really hope if we can take down this supposed mothership for example, yeah. i really hope it remains as a derelict that you can just go and sightsee be awesome 
maybe one will i reckon if they like let let's say let's say hypothetically this is this isn't something where um where we'll get we've got eight and those are the only eight that we're getting and there's not going to be any um yeah any other maelstroms trying the luck in the future um which would kind of be a shame um to make it like this it, despite being like a maybe a few years um long event just a one time event but these things do happen in video games i've been told um it would be nice to have just like one one weird looking a new thing that um dev and the art team have worked on for mm-hmm. so long just still to wander around a bit like the um the thargoid the thargoid sites yeah. Um, like we can still wander around them as they still have some interactivity. Just maybe, maybe something like that would be nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm wondering whether or not uh, if we ever do take a, a maelstrom, as soon as we take one out, a new star guide heading to exactly the same point emerges three months distant, so it all starts again. Or do you think that's too much? It Ultimately, does... it can't be. It can't. You can't keep it going forever. Yeah, it's really um, tricky. That's one of my big takeaways from that forum thread. Actually, was that a lot of people had this long-term issue mm-hmm. that that if it's going to go forever, then what, what's the point? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a really tricky one to balance. It's yeah. fun it's... just now, but eventually we need peace. Well, yeah, it's... it's not just that we we need like um like a satisfying conclusion. Yes, mm. even more so. Yeah, because that's that's the the main issue with XCOM games and um, the Battlestar Galactica games is because you've got no way to actually end the scenario. If you see what I mean, the Cylons or the aliens they keep on coming from an unknown source, and it's only when plot happens that you're able to to stop it at source. The problem is if it, otherwise you're just constantly on the defensive. And you begin to lose, and people lose um, motivation to keep going. Because when elite just... becomes like a job, people yes. stop playing elite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So they've got to kind of have, they've got to kind of get that that balance, haven't they? Which Wait, is don't get me wrong though. How mm-hmm. long's the war been going on now? What three, four months? If three that? months, three months, and we're still enjoying it. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. I know I personally am, but. But but there is but but the issue is that sentence ends with a but. There is no um there's no escaping a I want to know how this is going to end in the long term. Yeah, very much so. Ben I'm just thinking, I mean the only way you actually ever win a war is by making them your friends. Uh I hate I, point, I hate yeah. to point this out. That's not how the Second World War ended. We we've we, this isn't the first Thargoid war in like elite dangerous law. This isn't the first Thargoid war, so we know how it ended last time. Yes, we we, we know how it ended. So is that the way that it's? Well, yeah. Is that the way it's going to end again, or is there an alternative? Is there um, a is there a peace alternative that um quite a, I've seen quite a lot of um, commanders um being av- um advocate for. Is that is that something that is being considered or is some random NPC maybe called Jameson. We don't know, but are they going to be someone who flies in with a, um, flies in somewhere with a, um, a mycoid virus and releases it into a mothership? Yeah. But that's the whole thing. I mean, 
Well, we're facing eight maelstroms at the moment. Uh, the speculation is is that they were only facing one. Mm-hmm. So, no, we we need we need um, Jameson's eight great grandchildren to come <laughs> into it instead. Then, do, do you know what I mean? Though it, it's difficult. It's difficult to quantify it with humans who um, at least have a common language. Um, Common, common language and related well, well, to that. Let's the, just talk about what happened previously and what the previous information we have. Yeah. Um, well, well, what we'll quickly do. The whole reason would... why I want us to basically end up in friends, though, is because then we end up with a situation where we can have, if not actively hostile, Thargoids or Stargoids flying around. We can maintain the assets in game. We can fly up. We could say hello. We can maybe even dock. And, you know, essentially you'd have Stargoids as a base that you can go and dock at and walk around just like we can any Coriolis. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I mean by the idea of the defeated Maelstrom, you know, that I kind of hope they'll just be there as things we can, you know, I hope it doesn't sort of blow up and disappear. I hope it just yeah. comes a derelict that you can... Or, well, or maybe, I think you can or have derelict ones, but why can't... I don't see... If, if there is ever any chance of peace... It could turn into an asset in game that we could then use. Yeah. Ben just wants to fly an interceptor. This is always. I thought that's very. Don't we always? I mean, I. I don't know how easy they're going to be to land on um, Coriolis's. That's my one concern. But um, yeah, no, it it feels like it. It feels like there's there's definitely grounds for a lot of commanders wanting peace, but we're not. As I say, we're not human to human. We're human to a completely different species that we have not been able to effectively communicate with. The closest we have is um, Sojourne, who is, at the moment, fuck knows where. Um, uh, she's still got still got a score to settle with um, <laughs> Salvation, and um, she's buggering off to do all of that. So, fingers crossed, whenever we hear from her, which I reckon will probably be before the end of April, but we'll have a um, we'll have a better a better idea of the the varying angles that we can take potentially. Well, what I would like to see uh, once this has all been is either resolved peaceably like like Ben wants, or there's a certain section of space that um uh the wall the continue. No, the the certain outside <laughs> of the bubble where the wall does continue. There are human settlements and there are thargoids and there's backwards and forwards, and you know that's just available for people to to join in and keep uh, and keep that bit going. Now, actually, they they hinted at this in the original game, where they said that um, Galcop was safe apart from the thargoid scouts that came in and attacked you because of the main fleet, which was still engaged with the main thargoid battle fleet off camera so if you can imagine it while the original elite was happening that was the first thargoid war happening off to the side uh but we never we never got involved deep too deeply into it unless they took over a station or you know you saw the thargoid uh which we now know are thargoid scouts come in so i'd like that to be you know kind of (laughs) excuse the pun hived off so but so that that uh Functionality always there. Yeah. yeah. So have like, like so have a, an area, but again, that comes that kind of comes down to a lot of negotiation as well. Like we have a, um, we have a race currently that we can't negotiate with mm-hmm. because they don't have 
they we don't understand their language. Because yeah. we're on the back foot, we need to make the effort. Yeah. But we can always hand wave them that away. I don't know. I don't know that that would be something that we would be interested. That well, I say it's not. It's not going to be something that we're going to be interested in. Hand waving. Hand waving is. Um, it's from but I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know necessarily that um, it would be something that the narrative team would be would be interested well, in exploring. I mean, the going, oh yeah, there's a happy button. Out, yeah, they have the narrative team have to figure out: is this war going to end in human humanity is dead and defeated, and you know, then it is a dead game. Yeah. Humanity I feel, wins. I feel like that's down to us. And you know, if humanity wins, then do we just get rid of all the Thargoids and there's no Thargoid content ever again, ever? Or at least it's just back to what it was, you know, before very, very limited. Well, we or do wouldn't... we or do we have some way to yeah. essentially, as you say, negotiate a a something and people who are enjoying their AX stuff can have their push me pull you stuff over there. And but that's whatever the hell you want to call it, however it happens. So what yeah, right. we what we're looking oh. for in a resolution for in that instance is seeing um a, a push me pull you where it feels really organic and equal, like it's kind of like a stalemate that people can just yeah. drop into as yeah. and they want. Mm, yeah. that, that's that's fine. Yeah, that, that's so perfectly that, fine. That's exactly what was what was happening in off camera in the original elite because what was happening off camera was effectively the, the it was a complete stalemate and you the thargoids couldn't beat the humans or the humans couldn't beat the thargoids but they still had to keep on fighting to keep each other at bay which is sounds a bit warhammer 40k at the moment you know war without end but uh, if, if there is a war without end at a certain place where people players can pop that'll to, keep the game the community happy yeah okay because remember there was a, the dry spell when they stopped doing anti-xeno attacks um and the I think it was for nine months the anti-Xeno initiative had nothing to do apart from going down to Pleiades. They were really people started drifting away from the game at that point. So, yeah. But on that note, I think it's time to draw this discussion to an end uh, because we've got some community corner stuff to talk about. Just quickly, um, first of all, uh, uh, the wonderful wonderful vocalists of LCU No Fool Like One has done the Canon Faction Corps, which is effectively the Seven Nation Army cover, which is a... <laughs> he's done a music video of it. Now, we would like to show it to you, but we'll get hit with so many copyright strikes. Um, but we can say... You our audience. <laughs> um... Oh, Beetlejuice says it's good. It is good. It is good. It's very yeah. good. The editing is it's just it's a great video. It just makes your ears bleed. <laughs> well, it's LCU no full like one. So, what do you expect? Wear earplugs. Hmm. Can I just say, if anyone out there is a bit like me, I actually didn't watch this for a few days because I wasn't sure I could bear to hear the singing again. But. Seriously, this this video is possibly the best Elite Dangerous video this year. It's it's stunning. It's really well, well done. Better than the the one that we were talking about last week. Well, that was very short, and it's a very different kind of thing. But there's so many good elements to this. People should watch it. It's 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 really good. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, if you if you 
if you've got earplugs and or if you have tolerance for bad singing, which I do not, unfortunately, um, then we would recommend this to you. <clears throat> However, next up we have the high week returning, showing people the pain that goes through when you cannot make up your mind about do what colour your sidewind is going to be. <laughs> I must have loved this. Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, you know how there's like. I don't know if anyone else gets this, but there's people out there in the world who you think you just assume they never swear because what they do is so nice. Mm -hmm. And then the end of this video was like, oh, (laughs) it sort of took me back a bit. It was really funny, but it was somehow unexpected. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Dow Scotsman uh, has said, <laughs> the painter's eyes twitching when someone changes. Has anyone watched it with subtitles on? No. Oh, I haven't. I, there's, I an extra, there's an extra little joke right at the end that's quite funny. Oh, I've got it. Oh, right now, I've got to. I've got to watch it again now. It's funny that because Microsoft did exactly the same kind of joke in one of their adverts, which is well without the swearing, but yeah, only it was computers painting a, a proper car who instead of just one poor sod with a roll of roll of paint but uh, yeah weird but thoroughly enjoyable high wake as always um right we'd just like to say thank you to a, a couple of people who wished us happy birthday on the forums um so those nemo nemo men uh nagari necessiest which i think is latin which i've i've absolutely murdered yeah everybody make sure your glasses are charged for this yeah we've got commander card son uh Turkarov, our favorite fuel rat uh, we've got amiga cook mac os and of course rubber him of of uh power play fame all who gave us some very nice comments in the uh in the forum thread thank you very much um just to let other people know that the axi are trying to clear the systems of lahana zan anga hip 2422 today and uh, operation ida are also working on hip 2422 if you'd like to uh, pop over and help them out mind you i would like it if people would help out the key system as well but uh, we'll have to wait and see and um astarian um him of uh the anti-xeno guide has added a new video called uh, anti-xeno etiquette which um instructs or guides people on how big groups can coordinate better in uh, Thargoid uh, combat zones. And I think we'll put uh, that also into the, uh, uh, that link into the show notes. Um, Right. Uh, Ben, your mostly clueless thing from earlier, what was it? Oh, that's what it was. It was if, if you are needing to go and use your thing, me bubble limpage, your, your, Clean up my caustic damage, Limpy. That's the word, isn't it? Decontamination is the word you're looking for, my love. Whatever. You said potato. If you're needing to decontaminate, make sure you're targeting nothing, and you can do that by actually targeting nothing, not something that is just invalid to be targeted, like a Thargoid Scout. And yes, a decontamination limpet should completely eradicate a Thargoid Scout. Okay. Um, Oh, uh, I seem to be getting a call. Hang on a second.
Live radio commander support. Is the pilot still breathing? You're interested in fighting Thargoids and you need some advice. Yep, we're all about taking down the murdering marigolds here, sir. Uh, right, you need to check you've got the right equipment. Okay, we have a checklist from the Anti-Xeno Initiative. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, Xeno Scanner. Good, good. Field Neutralizer. Excellent. Uh, you have Deco Limpets. Uh-huh. And Military Hull Armor. Yeah. Guardian Weapons. Gauss Cannon. Nice. It, it sounds like you've got everything you need to take on the the Thargoids. Um, just just one thing. You've only got one Gauss Cannon. You you can't fit anymore. I thought you could fit up to six. No, no. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't mean to offend you, but what do you mean that's all you can fit? You're flying a hauler. Uh, sir, I, I don't think that's an appropriate ship. Yes, yes, you might have the right equipment, but I wouldn't recommend that. That's all you need to know. Uh, don't, please, sir, don't hang up. Lance, can we cancel 256113's membership? I don't think we'll be hearing from them again. Right. Well, um, that's him sorted. Uh, <laughs> right, any other business? <laughs> I know there's uh, there's a, a little of this before, um, but as you know, Mrs. Psycho Cow is the artist behind uh, Gorgeous, uh, and there's a, they have released their first animated short. So um, we would recommend that any little commanders out there have a look at this shop. It looks brilliant, by the way. I was just it's jumping beautiful. into it a little bit. It looks really nice. I'm going to watch this tomorrow. It looks lovely. It's it is, really, it is lovely. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. They've done um they've done a really good job. Um, it's a new venture from um uh the gorgeous range um that uh um Psycho Cow's um lovely lovely wife does. Uh, um, she's done the um done all the art for Gorgeous, and it's just really really pretty and cute and adorable and. I like it. I like. I love what they're doing. Excellent. It gets the thumbs up from my my kids. Um, they both. You know, I was surprised that my little lad actually enjoyed watching it, but even he was, you know, and even he was like, "Yeah, okay, this is kind of cool." Yeah, it's it's got the that wonderful kind of claymation animation feel, mm-hmm. which uh, it's and it's it's nice and soothing and relaxing as well. It's not, you know, it's not sort of, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, well, moving on from there, I only found this out the other day because I was uh, everyone's all excited about uh, Star Trek Picard season three's on at the moment. Uh, so I was just happily scrolling through GOG, and I found that they've got they've put the best Star Trek game on GOG, which is Bridge Commander. Okay, yes, I know there's Bridge Crew as well, but you need a full VR crew to do to do that. But um, I didn't know it was on GOG. There's a bit of a retro leave thing for you. Say, is Bridge Commander the one that we used to do? Yes, you're in the Federate. No, um, the the non VR one. That's the one where you're 
these cadets essentially that are flying nope. around in the spaceship. That, that's Starfleet Academy. Oh, that's stuff. Okay, right. So what's bridge right. commander then? Bridge commander is set in the, in the next generation era, and you start off flying around in a galaxy class ship, uh, and you are the captain. And you give orders to your different crewmen, mm-hmm. or you can take control of the ship directly. And instead of it flying around like fighters, it kind of it. You feel like you are um, you're in a massive battleship because basically that's what these ships are. And uh, yeah, it absolutely got. Uh, <laughs> I almost said gorgeous. Then. It's absolutely <laughs> a fantastic uh, game, and it's also done by the people who made X Wing Totally Games. Okay. Yeah, um, and one of the things about this was that it got completely overlooked, even though it got rave reviews. And but what happened was the the only printed, the only pressed so many CDs or DVDs with it, so it became a rare collector's item among Star Trek fans. I was able to sell my copy for thirty quid. I only bought it for tenner, <laughs> and but now you can get it from. Um, uh, you can uh, from GOG, and I thoroughly recommend it, especially mu- the multiplayer. So, yeah. Um, next up, uh, who would like to talk about Stranded I Alien can, Dawn? I, can. I watched this. I watched the live stream. I watched the live stream, and I understood none of it, and that means that it was interesting. Um, <laughs> they've added they've added mods to Stranded. If you've, if, um, it's a Frontier Foundry release game. Um, it's um, really, really fun. It's a um, you're stranded on um, an alien planet, um, a bit Rimworld e, but a um, bit more micromanagey. It's very fun. Um, I'm not selling it particularly well. It's one of those games where you sit down and start playing it, and then three hours have gone by, and you. Oh, only... three hours! You're not doing it right, love. And well, I mean, I, I have so many other things to do. The fact that three hours have gone by makes me very sad. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's a it's a wonderful game. But and they just um, bought out mod support and Steam Workshop support, um, and they did a stream about it today. And I I, I understood none of it, but it was fascinating. That's the frontiers. Is that the, on the Frontier Development YouTube, or is it, it on YouTube, yeah. or is it only on Twats? Uh, it's on. Um, I, it's on the Stranded Alien Dawn YouTube. Right, because I was looking for it on Frontier, trying to find that video. Yeah, it's not. Like, it's not. On, it's not on the Frontier um, side. It's specifically their, the Stranded their Alien Dawn. Their manual's wrong. I was like, I, I, do, I saw this and I dove into it. I was like, excellent. Okay, I go there and I, I can see I'm in the game and it's like, click here for the mod thing and then click here for that. And then it's like, okay, you need to go to your local app data. And I'm like, none of my mod stuff is in here. Where's my where's the modding tool? How can I do this? I I, I <laughs> so don't the, know. What's the, manual what's the YouTube video? <laughs> well, that's why I was that's why I started to look in the at the YouTube looking for the YouTube video. Yeah, uh, they might like, they might do some I think they might do I want some, to like, I want to build a puppy as well. Yeah. I, think, I, I, I to, think it only came out at like like seven or something. It was quite late it wasn't yeah. It was quite it was from sometime in the afternoon, I think. That I got an update in Steam, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is what I've been waiting for." Uh, and then I was like, "You know what? I want. I want to have. I want a puppy or something like that that can basically be a passive. You know, you know if you get attacked by insects or something, it can run along and defend you or something like that." So I was thinking, um, and I think that would be great fun if you could do that. And I've got no idea how I'd even begin, but it'd be really exciting to find out. And then I couldn't find the bloody application, and then I got bored. So I decided to play the game instead. It's a very good game. Mm. 
Well, in other news, um, as those of you who might be aware, um, in real life, F1 starts properly this weekend. So, does this mean we can do something here? Well, psych it. Fantasy League. So um, last year I got involved with um, the, um, a, a fantasy league and there were only four people. There were only four teams in the fantasy league for um, for F1. And I was like, you know who I know, I, you know, who really likes F1? A lot of the commanders that I play Elite Dangerous with really enjoy Formula One. So um, I've been sat refreshing the fantasy.formula1.com website, um, refreshing and refreshing and refreshing, waiting for it to go live. It went live at one o'clock on Monday and by four o'clock on Monday, we had a we had a league set up. It is um, basically you make it changed since last year, but you can make a team of five different Formula One drivers, and you can pick two teams as well. And they go, you gain points based on those teams. One person you can choose to double up on points as well, um, and you gain points based on how well those. Um, uh, teams and drivers do um and it's a lot of fun um there is a link in the show notes for the um for the league create a team drop it in give it a go what's the worst that can happen this it's just pride it's just your pride that will fall um, i'm terrible at it and i love it it's great i've got a team you've got a team yep i've got a team excellent right fact, you've got 17 17 teams so far yeah very right. excited I, I will put that in my link because you might have uh, another team coming along soon. Um, uh, I, don't, I, I know this is is um, just speculation, but it seems to go hand in hand. But is there any chance of a Buckyball Grand Prix this year? Um, it's yeah, it's under discussion. Ah, right. Okay, plans okay. are afoot. Yeah, plans are afoot, but we don't know if those plans come to fruition. Right, gotcha. We're just being slow. I'm sure something will come of it. <laughs> right. Well, um, let's we're very a... fast. At, we're very fast at flying and driving, but we're <laughs> slow at organising. And then it'll all suddenly explode, and there'll be a whole thing. The problem with that kind of thing is that when when people ask if you're if you're doing something or you're planning something with everything, it takes so much effort to do something and so much coordination it's with me with with the bucky wall stuff i'm sure you'll um you'll agree alec it takes it would take so much coordination over a group of people to agree on shit as well that it it, it's it's really tricky it sort of takes it just it sort of takes a moment where somebody just goes Oh, for God's sake, let's just do it. And they yeah. post a forum thread. And it's just getting to that moment of enthusiasm and to just go, oh, for fuck's sake, let's do it. And then and then it and then it snowballs and then it's got momentum and it'll go. So yeah, we we just sort of there's lots of different race ideas. It just needs a tipping point. We'll get there. Soon. Okay. TM. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, listen, let's have a quick go at the shout outs. Um, of course, the Dex Island team taking a well earned break before season two. But if you, in the meantime, um, 
have a look at for them on Spotify and Audible. If not, there's the DexLegacy.com where you'll find a whole lot of bonus materials, etc. And all proceeds go to making season two from any merch that's there. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Uh, Descending Commanders would like a bit of CQC action? Check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Uh, and we'll also give some shout-outs to uh, other Elite Dangerous podcasts, so you can catch up with old episodes of Flight Assist. Uh, there's the Guard Frequency, who do other space games as well. And, of course, the cheese-loving uh, Yanks over there on Loose Screws, uh, they they will thoroughly enjoy your company if it can... If, if it involves shooting a Thargoid or two. Um, we do have a Garnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejuice, which will be following this show. Um, so thanks to everyone who has chipped in on the Twitch chat. And uh, in-game commanders, Ben, how have we got? Or who have we got, rather? We, we've got some Miggles. Oh, and somebody else has just shown up as well. Who's that person? It is possibly just run. Oh, Siberius is here. Okay, yeah, we know him. I wasn't sure if it's because we're at an AX site, it would just be a random person, but it is somebody we know. So hello, Siberius. Okay, well, if that's the case, then uh, we'll just say special thanks to Commander Tokuso, JN Trax, and Alan Stroud, who have created music for the show. Uh, but that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio on Twitter, tweet us at laveradio at spacey.space at Mastodon, or you can do- join our Discord server at discord.io slash laveradio. Um, we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you've got any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Ben. Good night, Colin. Uh, thanks to Psychit. Don't forget to watch your cool slutty daddy on um, The Mandalorian tomorrow. He said that. It's not. I'm, I'm putting taking words out of his mouth. Oh, oh, okay. He is a good father. He's a daddy. It's better than <laughs> the other Star Wars fathers we know of, isn't it? Um, and of course, thanks to Alec. Thanks, Colin. It's been an absolute triangle. Hey, you big square. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just bring this full circle by saying uh, thank you to today's tech specialist, uh, the Chris Mark Four. You're welcome. You're the only daddy for me. Just no. Just embrace no, it, Colin. Embrace it. Right, moving on. Until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's almost something orange inserted. I'm going to see the galaxy.
Galnet News Digest, 28th of February 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we look at some pretty blue pictures. Well, we wonder what can possibly be done to stop the Thargoids. There is a way to stop the Thargoids advancing. There must be. Hiding somewhere in plain sight, there is something we could be doing. Something we could be using. Some approach to stop the Thargoids' control spreading even more widely through the bubble. But what is that thing? What is that action? The Thargoids have a purpose. They came to the bubble in response to the events in HIP 22460 last year, during which huge quantities of Guardian ancient relics were piled up around a Thargoid surface site. Salvation's attempt to wipe out the Thargoids using the resultant Proteus wave was a complete failure, with the initial blue radiation burst, which temporarily disabled the Thargoids, followed by a second green burst that woke the Thargoids up and disabled human ships. The whole episode seems to have annoyed the Thargoids, possibly because a 200-year-old human megalomaniac attempted to commit genocide upon their species, but it could equally have been a consequence of the memory of the ancient war between Thargoids and Guardians millions of years ago. The Thargoids are far older than either the Guardians or humanity. They've been travelling round the galaxy planting barnacles which thousands of years later bear meta-alloys as fruit. These meta-alloys provide repairs and sustenance to the nomadic Thargoids, who quite possibly saw the Guardians as a pest in their barnacle fields and may see humanity in a similar light. The odd thing, though, is that there are no barnacles in the bubble. The Thargoids don't like something about humanity badly enough to venture away from their plantations. Do they think we're guardians? What is it that they want from us that'll satisfy them so they can return home? Do they want to see Azimuth destroyed? Do they want to reconnect with D2, the former human test subject, who could interface with the Thargoid hive mind? Do they want to meet up with the currently missing Fargod cult and discuss the afterlife with them? If only we knew. We can in a very small way, recreate the alchemy that happened in HIP 22460. We can convert blue guardian relics into green unknown relics by plugging them into a Thargoid structure. This change seems to be what gave the Thargoids their power back. Professor Palin and Ram Tar are still collecting these relics, but is there something more direct that we could do with them? Meanwhile, the majority of effort is being directed at fighting off the Thargoids after they have invaded a system. Systems on Thargoid alert, systems that may soon be invaded, appear inscrutable. There is some evidence that destroying the Thargoid logistic ships, the Orthrus interceptors, may help discourage an invasion. 
But is there something else we could be doing that's more effective? In a few days, we have new technology arriving. The top 25% of those who've been assisting Aegis in setting up production of their new caustic sink launchers will be given early access to the technology and will be able to venture further into the Thargoid maelstroms, or at least to last a little longer in the caustic fog that envelops whatever Thargoid technology exists within. Many believe that there are huge Thargoid battlecruisers inside those clouds, perhaps something similar to those huge Thargoid surface sites, only not crashed face-first into a planet. Caustic sinks won't allow us to take on Thargoid battlecruisers, but they are a first step along the road. We'll need to find ways of clearing the fog, of breaking through the force field that prevents our ships from reaching the centre. We'll need to find ways to either communicate with what we find inside, or, more crudely, we may need to attack it to attempt to drive it off. There's so much we don't yet understand. Without that understanding, our efforts may be misguided, but they're the best that we can currently manage. But we really, really need to come up with some good ideas, and soon. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs>